This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolved Studios in L.A. and KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood in Fleetwood's On Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. Hey, Dr. D, how are you this week? I am doing great, and I love the fact that we are doing a throwback to the school days of 1960. And how are we doing that? Remind me. Well, if you know anything about what they used to teach kids back then during the Cold War, uh, the, the, the subject for today's program oh, has I got you, I got you. you got it now okay it took me a minute there Duck you go and cover that's it <laughs> tuck and cover so unfortunately it's so uh, fitting right now isn't it uh yeah well <laughs> hey i wanted to uh but let's not start off on a bad topic no, no, no. there dr d i wanted to congratulate you what'd you say 16 years at the station i've been here 16 years yeah wow and he's, uh, you've hardly leave that seat at all. I am. I, I could say a few things about the seat, but uh, we won't. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I remember when I first started, and I would do one show after another. After I'm going, oh my god, not another one, and another one, and when is this going to be over? And now it's like they're over before they start. Like this program, we get started, and it's like, what do you mean we have to end? That's because we have, we have such fascinating yeah. guests like exactly. We've got today. And I don't want to take up much of their time, uh, but I did want to congratulate you on that. Well, thank you. It's a big accomplishment, and uh, uh, it's now the longest job I have ever had. In oh, my career. Man. Better knock on some wood or something <laughs> over there. Because <laughs> I do know you have a meeting with a station manager. Yes, I do. And uh, I don't that's know what. not for, I, <laughs> for any I, bad reasons. So. I don't know what that's about, but I know it's going to be a good thing because uh, we're still we're still doing great. I mean, uh, and I've learned a lot. Matter of fact, uh, and I'll keep this very brief, I uh, had a major computer uh, meltdown uh, a week ago and i was just thinking how are we going to fix this and i ch- consulted with our engineer and this and that and the other it's up and running today hey look at you i so, wow dr d yeah. wore so many hats aside from the yes, black I one you got on hey i gotta <laughs> real, mention this at the top here because yes. it's uh this week it's on uh, i'm going to the reception on march 16th but larry vigon our good friend and oh, artist yeah. larry vigon uh, has a beautiful exhibit in the historic old grain silo in the Santa Barbara Funk Zone. Uh, oh. That's at 118 Gray Avenue. I didn't know there was a grain silo. So they're they're projecting a light show right. of the images in Larry's catalog oh, wow. on the exterior silo walls. Um, and so uh, there's over Larry Vigon. Just to, if you don't, if you're not aware of him, he's designed over 200 album covers. Of yeah. the most iconic bands and musicians whose work have sold millions of copies worldwide, such as Fleetwood Mac, 
Eric Clapton, uh, Counting Crows, and the list goes on and on. Uh, he's also designed the Carl Jung Red Book, which was con- is considered one of the most important books on psychology of the past hundred years. Really? Oh, cool. He collaborated with Helmut Newton on his limited edition, Helmut Newton Private Property Suite 1. Um, the, this exhibit... Uh, exhibit... <laughs> Exhibition, excuse me, has been featured on the cover of the Montecito Journal. The gallery is open Thursday through Saturday. The art show uh, goes March 10th through April 30th, and uh, you should check it out. And he's got that great two-volume set. Oh, man. Yeah, we had him. uh, He was on a couple episodes ago, so if you want to hear about Larry and his artwork, it's really great. We also wanted to welcome our new listeners in Connecticut and in New York on Alt Radio Rocks. We're on a new radio station this week, Dr. D. Very cool. Altradio.rocks. And we're thrilled to be a part of your station. I'd say hi, Mom, but my mom doesn't live there. No, but you you might (laughs) come up with a new one. (laughs) A new stepmom. Okay. For Dr. D. We want to bring you the best new indie artist music and interviews that you love, as well as music icons that you grew up with. So uh, if you know of a band that we should feature on the show, please email me directly at Jeremiah at the Jeremiah Show, and we'll get them booked on the show right away. Uh, here's a little bit about altradio.rocks. It's the newest station on the Radio Radio Network. So good they named it twice. Okay. I like it, The yeah. station is based in Stanford, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and has all sorts of programming. They've got the Mike Rogers Show, based out of Japan, that caters to the Japanese rock scene. And if you love Irish indie rock, they're, they're the show Dublin Scene with hostess Louisa Jane Moss. I'm going to have to show for Dr. D. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah. Um, United Kingdom is well represented with Billy Brown, the housewives favorite on the the moaning show, playing all sorts of indie rock. (laughs) The Jeremiah show, that's us, is based in Santa Barbara, and we handle all sorts of uh, interviews, music icons, pop culture, and food gods. Sports Lounge with Big Lou, that we executive produce out of the same exact studio, is all about sports with Mm -hmm. Lewis Jones, and we love the Beatles with host Mark Platt. Gives you a perspective on the Fab Four, letting the band and the main players tell the story. So we are now about to introduce our special guest today. Mm-hmm. But first, let me, <laughs> let me ponder on this Another a little bit first. with you, Dr. D. Mm-hmm. When, we, when you dedicate your life to music mm-hmm. as a musician, it's probably because of a calling, because it's what you love, because it's what you have worked thousands of hours to become good at. Mm. There's no other choice for you when you're a musician. That's what you are. That's who you are and what you have to be. And when you decide to become a musician, I doubt very much that you give much thought to all the work, hours, and the people you'll need to seek out that you need to work with and convince to help you get your music to be played to those years of the world. Thousands of emails Go out, phone calls, building websites, uploading your music to streaming sites, understanding contracts, streaming contracts, music contracts, gig contracts, secondary jobs you take just to live, just to keep going, to do what you were meant to do, that you know you were meant to do. Seeking out, obtaining management, PR, booking gigs, recording studios, mixing, producing, reaching out to influential music writers, radio stations, and anyone that might help you get there. Navigating the business of the music business requires you to be a part 
business manager, public relations expert, circus ringleader. All so that you can do what you love, what you were meant to do. Play music. And then you have to perform. <laughs> sometimes in dive bars, sometimes hundreds of miles from home. Sometimes for audience that don't get it. Sometimes you are overwhelmed. Sometimes you are tired. Maybe even sometimes you want to give up and you almost do. But then you're back on stage and your bandmates and you look at each other and you're all in synchronicity again. And you know, this is all you were meant to do in life. And you get up the next day and you do it again. My special guest today... We've got two of them from the great band Duck and Cover, based out of Boston. Chris Wismuller, he's guitar, he's vocals, piano, and we've also <laughs> got, uh, oh, he's already jumping here, Daniel Sussman. Uh, and Daniel also does uh, backing vocals, piano, and plays lead guitar. Um so a few months back, Chris sent me an email with his new single, Attention Economy, and asked that I give it a listen. And I liked it so much, Dr. D. You know this because you put the soundtracks together for uh -huh. me. That we played it in one of our soundtracks on the show. Then I submitted it to the weekly top 10 list for Radio Indie Alliance. And then today I was looking at Duck and Cover's uh, Facebook page. And they've climbed to number one on Radio India Alliance. Fantastic. So that's that's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and the short time that I've known Chris, he has shown all the characteristics that I described of a great musician frontman and also a, a quite seasoned backstage music businessman. He has represented the public relations side of the band with a natural ease and sharpness that have really impressed me. Uh, and he has had the right last, we've messed up a couple of his bookings. He's had the right to say, go to hell, the Jeremiah show, but he didn't. <laughs> I'm really surprised he did it. He's here today, and I, uh, I just want to thank him for that because we, you'd really miss out if we didn't have these guys on the show today. Not a, and a mention, after I mentioned all of that, these guys are talented, Dr. D. Mm -hmm. I am so happy to welcome both Daniel and Chris to the show. Welcome, guys. Hey, good to have you. Hello. Hi, hi. Good to be here. <laughs> Great to have you. Well, let me tell you who the else Duck and Cover is. Michael Dominguez, bass guitar. Uh, Damian Pianca. Yeah? Did I do, do you okay there? Drums and percussion. Daniel, of course, and Chris. Um, the Duck and Cover is made up of ex and current members of a few well-known Boston bands from the past decade. The Coffin Lids. The Acrobats. Taxi Driver. The Black Cheers, The Throwaways, The Quigs. They have shared the stage with the Dickies, The Queers, The Dulcens, Swingin' Utters, The Dead Boys, C.J. Ramon, Death, Michael Monroe, and The Street Dogs. You love those titles, don't you, Dr. D? They're clever. The Swinging Utters. <laughs> yep. Moving right along. Listen to this, though. You guys may know them also from uh, the band's been featured in the rock band series, uh, of music video games on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. You can play their music on Rock Band. That's pretty cool. The new, the Duck and Covered's new EP is Attention Economy by Stateline Records. Uh, it's a new three-track mini EP. And songs have uh, started being released digitally. I mentioned um, Attention Economy uh, was about a month ago. And you've got uh, You Wreck Me coming out on um, next month, April 5th. <laughs> Um, so on your Facebook page, 
Duck and Cover, there are so many great reviews and descriptions of the band. Let me just read a couple and then we'll get into the interview. When done right, Garage Rock is satisfying and an under your skin, gritty and dirty, full volume while driving kind of way. Boston's own Duck and Cover have carved their own spot out in that corner. Gutsy, punk, drop kicks, the tempo at its center. If you don't want to lo- loose, it's time to learn how. Duck and Cover will give you a run for your money. That's by Dig Boston. And this punk rock shit, as in the shit, doesn't let up for one second. This is the stuff you loudly crank and play while showering before heading out for the night to do whatever it is you do at night for a damn good time. And then you play it again in the car or while riding the bus or train. It's quick, and it will kick the crotch if taken lightly. Hectic and chaotic come to mind as I sit here listening to it at 2 a.m. That's by Eskew Reviews. And here's what I say about Duck and Cover. I'm going to throw my my review in. They are unapologetically rock and roll. Uh, so I've read these reviews about how music critics describe Duck and Cover. How would you guys describe your band? Dan, why don't you take that one? That you know, it's 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 a question that we get asked a lot, and and it's it's a hard one to answer. You know, because you know, I feel like our obvious, like our our influences are really obvious. But in fact, we've been playing music together for so long that you know our influences cover a remarkably broad kind of set of, of, of styles. And, yeah. you know, if you're listening closely, you hear like exile era stones, you know, you definitely hear the replacements you hear, you know, some of the like hardcore, like punk influences that, you know, I mean, it, it, there's, there's just, there's a lot baked in there. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I think Chris and I started playing music together in high school, you know, we've, we've been, we've been doing this together for so long and, and there is this kind of weird language that we speak that, uh, you know, is, is, is kind of our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I like, um, I like a lot of bands that have like a really sort of snappy answer to that question. Right. So we're, we're doom metal or we're like, you know, country rock, but I don't feel like we, we fit into that. Like we, we are, um, you know, we, we write a lot of songs that are just kind of like the way the way that we feel and we feel a lot of different ways a lot of different days, I guess. Yeah, and that's a great answer. I, I asked the question only because it, you know, I, it would seem to me when you, you get reviews and some people get it right and some and, and some maybe misinterpret or they use uh, they have their own interpretation. And I think it's such an important thing to hear from from you to hear, you know, wh- what you think you are what you try to be or or what sound you have i think it's it's uh, you know to hear it actually from out of them out of the mouth of the of the band when i so i think about us and you know it's like i start to think about who the four of us are and and how our sound is a a amalgamation of of our characters you know and Mm -hmm. and i think you know i i have much more of a like kind of you know, I have this tendency to go atmosphere and groove. I'm really into like a lot of like doomy stuff and um, kind of like pretty like trance stuff. Chris is all like hooks. He is like the master of the hook. And he's, you know, I, I don't want to speak for him. He's on the show, but like, you know, he's into like a lot of the kind of more bubblegum stuff, which, which is great. But like that, he represents that. Mm-hmm. Damien takes no prisoners. He's like very 
like he likes what he likes. He's like very aggressive, up tempo stuff. And and then and then Mike is, you know, I, Mike's kind of the new guy, and we're starting to kind of figure out sort of like what he adds to the band. Um, but he's played in a lot of great bands before as a rhythm guitar player, and you know, I think he's bringing a lot of energy, and, um, kind of traditional punk rock ethos. He has more tattoos than than all of us. You know, <laughs> does it make you a better musician? Uh, no. no. <laughs> now, I like this idea of, of the characteristics of each band member because I don't, I, I don't really hear that a lot out there. I don't hear people describing that. Like, what, as far as musically you've described, how about in the terms of what each band member brings in terms of some of the things I talked about where you're really, uh, is somebody really up? Do they lift up the band? Is there somebody that's a comic relief? Is someone, uh, yeah, who listens to easy listening? That's what I want to know. Like what are some of the, <laughs> you know, the inner workings, you know, to keep, to keep a band four guys together. I mean, that's uh, over the years that you guys have successfully. Um, and that's a lot of hard work, um, because of all the personalities and, and, yeah. An artist. Uh, what does each one bring? I mean, in a quick way. How about you, Chris? Did you answer that? Absolutely. Um, well, in terms of, of sort of quarterbacking the, the logistics, whether it's getting people together, you know, to agree upon a time to record, or you know, with, like just earlier today, trying to to decide upon whether we're going to play this show in Maine. It's I always uh, uh, describe it as like trying to get six cats in a bathtub. Like it's, it's, it's doable, but it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of a pain and you're likely going to get scratched and spat on. Yeah. And stuff. Um, I probably wind up uh, not because I enjoy it just probably because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> um, like I, I, I probably do most of the, like I was saying, like quarterbacking, just logistics in terms of, you know, like, Hey, are we going to practice tonight? Like, Hey, can we do this show? Mm -hmm. How about these dates for recording? How about this cover for the, for the EP? Like, what do you think about using this guy for mastering? Um, I don't know that that speaks to any particularly good qualities of, of mine. It's just sort of like somebody has to speak up and do stuff. But, but once that happens, it's definitely a, a fully democratic process. I'm just usually the guy who's, you know, mm -hmm. whining about, hey, I need an answer. Come on, like, mm -hmm. let's go. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're the stage mom. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, yeah. Well, but I, you know, I, I mean, Chris, you, Chris also does, you know, uh, uh, most of the, like, he's like, we need songs, right? So then, like, he'll bring a lot of ideas and and kind of push the creative process forward. Um, you know, I, I, Chris is, is really the, the, the catalyst, I think, for a lot of what we do. He does all of our promotion. He does most of our booking. He does kind of all of the outreach. He's by far, he, he would never admit this, but he is by far the most popular person in the band, the most likable, is the most, it? like, he goes That's because of his hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> brothers uh so he's the guy on the front of the t-shirt right you guys are all you guys are all faded off in the back <laughs> behind him he's really good at it and uh you know and, uh like, well, anybody comic relief anybody really funny in your band or no no uh, no, <laughs> no that's not true. Uh, anybody think they are <laughs> yes yeah. I, I, I think mike thinks he's really funny um oh mike's funny 
No, no. I, like Mike thinks he's really funny. He's he's only about a fraction as funny as he thinks he is. <laughs> uh, da- Damien doesn't think he's funny, but he's like he's really like biting and just like yeah. like he, he's funny and really like maybe unintentional, but just like oof, that was <laughs> that was unkind, but I'm laughing about it type way. <laughs> but, but Chris, like you, you know, you've played in other bands where you know everybody is super chatty and outgoing and. Okay. Like, you know, there's a comedian in the band, like an actual professional comedian. And, you know, my sense is Duck and Cover is on the other end of that spectrum. All four of us are, you know, fairly introverted, kind of like, let's get down to business. Mm -hmm. I think with the exception of Mike, Mike is definitely like an extrovert. He's the kind of guy who, like, if you, if we walk into a bar that none of us have been to, like, within five minutes, he like knows the bartender's name and has been like talking about the Patriots to the two guys to the right of him and arguing about politics with the lady to the left of him. And <laughs> yeah. like, he, like, he, he's definitely an extrovert. Yeah. He is. But like our practices are not like, you know, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a like, let's go to work and then go home. You know, if you had to uh, put your finger on one ingredient of all these personalities, these four different, different personalities, distinct personalities, than make up duck and cover and the success of the band. What do you think that ingredient is that you guys all share to, to make it to, to pass the test of time and to have released seven great bodies of work and continue to produce and continue to play together? Well, I mean, I, th- I think that, uh, I mean, this is going to seem like an incredibly obvious response, but just sort of, you know, that, that's, that's the thing that I'm interested in. And I think, you know, I don't want to speak for the other guys, but I, I'm pretty comfortable saying that that's the same for Damien. And, you know, again, Daniel's here, so I, I don't have to speak for him, but, you know, Daniel alluded to the fact that he and I have been playing together in, you know, some form or another since I was 16 and he was 14. Um, it's a good history. So, we, so we've been playing forever, but on top of that, I've been in, so I've been in, two bands with with daniel like real bands i've been in four bands with damien um and so again going back to stuff that dan was talking about like like you develop a language and that you know it's like a shorthand you can you can communicate stuff in the process of of working on a song or writing some new some material which is really convenient but going back to the question i'm supposedly responding to i think all of that speaks to not just how long we've known each other and how you know often we work together i think that is all a byproduct of just like really really having like a, a laser focused passion on one thing and that being playing and writing music mm-hmm. you know so like as much as we we all have other interests and day jobs and families and whatnot it's like for me like that, that's what I'm doing all the time. If I'm not writing, I'm playing or I'm listening or I'm thinking about, or I'm like reading some bio of Rod Stewart or whatever, you know, like, yeah. like that, that's, all, that's pretty much all I do. Um, and I, and I think that's varying degrees is the case for everybody in the band. We're going to go to break right now uh, with duck and cover and we're taking you out with stand corrected. Do you want to talk to stand corrected at all? Do you want to tell us a little bit about the song or, um, Sure. I'm going to, I'll start and I'll let Daniel pop in. So basically like to me, this is like a perfect example of my favorite duck and cover songs in that it is like absolutely a group effort. Like the, the main riff, the super catchy guitar riff, that's Daniel. The kind of like funky rhythms that, that punctuate the important parts and transitions of the song. That's all Damien. The vocal melody and lyrics is all me. And like, so it's, it's not Daniel's good or I'm good. It's that we're good in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I just, I just love the collaborative process. And it's something that's really not, just, not unique to this band, but it's, it's a real punctuating aspect of this band for me, having been in a ton of other bands. Daniel? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And, and I think, I mean, if, if what, I, what I recall is that the riff didn't, it wasn't like a thing that I had worked on. It was a thing that I was literally just like, like it just manifested in the moment. And Chris was like, hey, what was that? Do that again. And then I did. And then, you know, it just, it, yeah. and, and, you know, there was this 30 minutes of like weird alchemy where before there was nothing. And then afterwards we had like the structure of a song and, and, th and that, that process, you know, is, is, it feels magical. And, you know, not to say that this is like, you know, the, the greatest gift to music or whatever, but like the, to me personally, you know, that, that moment of, discovery and and kind of focused interest is mm -hmm. like really exciting and and that's kind of the like you know that's that's you know we 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 try to create those moments and and sometimes we're successful and sometimes we're not but but in this case you know it just kind of happened that oh, it's great yeah. it's a great song the new mini ep from duck and cover is attention economy on facebook you can find them at duck and cover Pick up Attention Economy uh, out on Stateline Records. The new three-track mini-EP is on Bandcamp. This is, again, I'm going to keep telling you, Bandcamp's the best way to support musicians besides buying merch or going to shows these days. Bandcamp, most of the money goes to the band. So buy, if, you know, if you're going to buy an album, definitely go to Bandcamp. Is my recommendation. You can get all seven Duck and Cover releases available on Bandcamp, and you can save 35%. What a great deal. Uh, this includes unlimited streaming via the free Bandcap app, plus high-quality downloads of Attention Economy, Memento Mori, Two Shots, Rob Them Blind, They Came From Boston, Volume 1. It's a compilation. And Stuck in Decline and Duck and Cover. Duck and uh, Duck Cover 1 dot bandcamp.com is where you can find that we'll be right back and once again you are about to listen to duck and cover stand corrected we'll be right back Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. 
Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Welcome back to uh, Let That Play, Dr. D. That's good. That's two shots. Mm-hmm. I right can cover. We just came back with. You want to say anything about two shots, guys, before I ask you a lot more questions? You've already been asked a million times. <laughs> yeah, I'll go for it. So two, two shots is a funny one for me because the, the main riff of that song is a riff that Chris had been sitting on for years, you know, and, and you know, we had that sort of kind of main uh, the like, you know, just the, the the main body of the song, and and it, it had great energy, but like literally, it we there there are probably like seven or eight versions that had kind of you know come and gone over fifteen years, twenty years, and then um, you know he he brought it with the a new chorus, and then we we tacked on the bridge and and kind of you know breathed a, a whole new sort of form into into the song and um and it is what it is you know but but it was kind of neat for me to be like oh that thing you fixed it you found it you like you discovered the vessel and uh and and you know, what are those and, moments like when that happens when you guys go man we just hit it we found it we that was what was missing and you brought that to it what's that i mean what's it's that like? a, i mean particularly for examples that describe it for a while um it, it more than anything it's it's like relief it's like so it's sort of like like if you have like a, a a riff or a chord progression or like a fragment of a song idea it's if, if you can't that day or that week make it you know walk its way to fruition it's this thing that's like scratching at the back of your cranium for like however many months or years it's, and it's it's an it's annoying it's like an actual <laughs> like, borderline like physical discomfort and when you finally come up with something that you feel is you know worthy of, of what you wanted that idea to to evolve into 
it's like, all right, let's grab a beer. Because you know it's there, a right? A lot of work. It, you can funny. feel it, like, it's there, but it, it doesn't it doesn't show itself yet. Yeah. So it's it's the opposite of what I described with like stand corrected, right? Which really sort of, you know, came together literally in 30 minutes and you know, boom, we had it. And then there are these other fragments that just linger for years. And and Chris is totally right. You know, it's like when you finally find a home for an idea, it's it it is it is a sense of relief and, and it's it's really it's really satisfying. But it's also like you know, there songs are weird. They're so abstract and like there are so many sort of ephemeral moments, things that happen in the studio that are are unplanned and then they sort of go to tape and they sort of stick and they become permanent in a way. And 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 you know, I think that there's you know, if you play a song enough times the same way, it starts to like feel like a thing, regardless of whether it's like good or bad, you know? And so like, you know, I don't know. There's like, I, I like when these things do sort of join in a, in a way that kind of, you know, allows us to kind of leave no scrap on the cutting room floor and, and really sort of be kind of thrifty with how we kind of patch things together. Kind of like takes a life of, takes on a life of its own, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just grows. And, you know, I mean, just and I've also noticed, too, that yeah, it's and it's meant to be. And I've also noticed and I'm curious if 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 you guys do this, you learn a song, you you wrote it, obviously, and you play it over and over and over and over again the same way every time. And I know it's not exact, but then somewhere down the road, you say, you know what? I want to tweak this song a little bit. I'm going to do this over here as opposed to what we know what what is normally part of the song and that's uh a very interesting experience as the listener as the fan as uh, you know uh, playing it however you're playing it and it's like wow I, okay i like that that's that's pretty cool it's still the same song i've always loved to listen to but now they've put a little interesting little twist on it and uh you know that kind of thing so i i think that's kind of cool you know I, so like this is like a thing that like I think is a really, really fascinating sort of conversation in the context of music right now, where like, you know, music has really gone from being a performative art to being, you know, basically a, a commodity and, and not that one is better than the other, right. but like the idea of a song as being like a very specific way is, is kind of a newfangled idea. It's like music wasn't like that in a lot of like folk music or whatever, where people would just perform it and sing it. And that was kind of how you heard music. And, you know, I feel like for me, there is this like freedom in, in the way that we approach our stuff where, you know, I don't feel bound by the recording. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't write my guitar solos before we go into the studio. I, I freewheel it. And I, and, and generally, you know, I know the song, I know the structure, I have some broad ideas of what I want to do. But then I try not to play it the same way every time. And that's like important for me. And, you know, I think that like, well, you, you know, know, I don't know, you know, there's don't. a, uh, we had, who, who was it? We had on a jazz musician and we were talking, oh no, I was interviewing a guy, a jazz musician, and we were talking about jazz music and so forth. And I said, there's a guy I've got, I've got an album is his, of his, and we, cause we were talking about improv. I said, I don't think any of that music was ever written down. I think it, you know, because improv, you you can't. Uh, I mean, because this stuff was all over the place, and you just perform it, and it is a one time a one time thing each time you do it. Right. You have to be there. You yeah. Know? And, and oh yeah. That, 
it's so magical. I love that about music and, yeah. and you know, the idea that like, just because you recorded, recorded it away, yeah. you know, that you're, it's like photography, right? You capture a moment in time, but that doesn't mean that's the only way to be, you know, yeah. the only way to look, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's, and even this pro well, this program's the same way. I mean, there are programs that don't quite fit the normal format that we set up initially just because i like to challenge dr d well it's not just challenging me <laughs> but it's also going with the flow of sometimes with the guest yeah you know yeah i mean i prepared today for this uh for four hours this morning i haven't prepared for <laughs> i honestly t I, I wrote you know thought of questions thought of thought of the band thought about you know things yeah. they've, they've been through and their music and yeah. um but we're throwing it all out right now. I mean, because the because you get into a conversation, yeah. And I bet, and good music is this way as well, where it it's going to go where it needs to go, and and uh, you'll probably find you enjoy it much more. There's an esoteric aspect of it. You let the universe guide you. That's kind of how I put it. When I do my programs, the universe is asking the questions. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah, here, I'll, I mean, hold on. This, I'll pass this to you. <laughs> well, sorry, go ahead. There, I mean, a lot of you know, it's like if you, you know, when when you hear Keith Richards talk about you know, sort of where his songs come from, like nobody knows, right? It's like, and and a lot of people will describe themselves as like an antenna, a beacon, you know, and yeah. things just sort of come to you and. That, and that's, you know, mm -hmm. I, that, that's like a shared experience amongst a lot of very creative people, which is super neat. Yeah, very. I love the way you described all of that, uh, Daniel. It's really great. Chris, let me ask you, uh, easy question, but but I'm fascinated by the, the area that you're in, by Boston. And be, okay. being a real Boston band, and that's where you guys live, right? Are both of you in Boston right now? right now? Yeah. I mean, what is that, what is the music scene? like in boston from the different uh neighborhoods to the different uh what, how does it all come together and become a boston sound is there a boston sound and why do you guys love your hometown so much well, i mean i think that there's uh perhaps a misconception about boston which really would be a misconception about any city i mean if you think about it you know you can speak in generalizations like if you pick a, a real southern city like odds are there's going to be more you know, country music or Sejano music or, and that just speaks to the geography mm -hmm. of it. But I think that when people uh, think of Boston sort of across, you know, nationally or, or globally, they either think of stuff like, uh, you know, drop kicks, you know, Celtic punk type stuff mm -hmm. or like SSD, like hardcore uh, or, or slap shot or blood for blood. Um, or of course, like Aerosmith and stuff like that. But the thing is like, you know, particularly as it applies to us, like, and this has happened, like, even recently, like, me, like folks who've been playing the, the new songs, I've listened to a couple shows, and they're like, okay, up next, and you can tell from their from their vocals, they're like, with this real brutal, they're like, all right, up next, you have powerful four peach from Boston, here we go, <laughs> and then they play Attention Economy, it's this, like, poppy, and, like, you, they clearly were expecting some, like, massive, hardcore SSD control thing, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is actually not that. Or, or, you know, that same thing. They're like, all right, you know, like, and, and you can tell they're expecting the Dropkick Murphys or the Boston's, and then we come on with our little, you know, la, 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 la. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but to answer your question, like, um, you know, for, for me, like, the, the most involved we've been with the scene, uh, and this applies to at least three of us in the band, was 
maybe like a decade ago when the kind of garage thing was really big, you know, like on a, on a more global level, like, so like the hives, the strokes, the white stripes, all that stuff that wasn't necessarily represented specifically carbon copy ish in Boston, but it did sort of, uh, it, it was born out on the local level with just like, a lot of bands sort of just like doing that sort of garagey thing, which was definitely, you know, punk influenced. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case now. I think, I think now Boston is, is as diverse as any other big city, maybe more so. Cause I mean, with the college mm-hmm. population here being as huge as it is, like you, you have everything from, you know, EDM to metal to whatever else, you know, in between and beyond, uh, but as to why I like Boston, um, I, th- I think it's, you know, it, it can be very standoffish and very sort of, you know, difficult to penetrate. But once you're in, it's a big, big family vibe. Like everybody supports one another. It's all about getting your friends on. Like if you, if we get a good gig and there's like another slot, like we put our friends bands on it and they do the same for us. Um, there's a lot of just sort of grassroots, you know, like, Hey, like, particularly in the past couple of years when the pandemic and lockdowns made it hard to do anything. There was a lot of like, Hey, like we came up with this sort of left field idea to get our music out there and just to sort of connect with people. Do you want to be part of it? And uh, I, I don't know that that's unique to Boston, but it's definitely uh, a part of the Boston scene. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a real convivial familial type thing. At least that's been my experience. Do you ever see one of those concerts early on in the pandemic? They actually held a live concert but anybody who attended had to get inside one of those big, big, giant plastic balls, bubbles. Yeah, I, I saw that. I think the, um, I'm blanking yeah. on the name of the band, but like, um, Dale Mayer. It's funny. Yeah, that was I, I wild. Yeah. All right. So Tim Livingston of Down on the Street, he's the host of Down on the Street, which is on Core Radio. Uh, which we were also on Core Radio. Uh, hey, Core Radio fans! Uh, rated Duck and Cover number one. Duck and Cover Attention Economy. He's been playing it quite a bit. It is uh, number one. Attention Economy is number one on Radio India Alliance, which is uh, m- many many hosts and all the radio stations around the world. Over 150 stations, I believe, that submit their top ten every week. And uh, these guys went, moved up over oh, within three weeks. They were number one. Uh, so congrats. Congratulations. The new mini EP from Duck and Cover is Attention Economy. On Facebook, you can find them at Duck and Cover and stay uh, up to date with all of the live shows and the different great things that they're doing. Um, Pick up Attention Economy. It's uh, put out by Stateline Records. It's a new three-track mini EP. It's on Bandcamp, and you can get all seven Duck and Cover releases available on Bandcamp, and you save 35%. DuckCover1.BandCamp.com We are uh, coming right back. We're leaving you right now again with uh, two shots. And we're coming back in with You Wreck Me. We'll be right back.
Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio, The Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CoreRadio.rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we, we are a girl named Tom. Go to girlnametom.com to hear more of our music, buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. The Jeremiah Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. We have two very special guests today uh, from the band Duck and Cover. They're based out of Boston, but are global and have been receiving a lot of uh, great radio airplay. In fact, their cover, if you're just joining us, uh, Attention of Economy is number one on Radio Indie Network and, uh, and Climbing. So describe your fans for us. Uh, I'll take that. I mean, Chris? Yeah, but, I mean, I mean this, this might be a bit of a like a, a deflating reality for. I mean, like if you're because we're we're a local band, okay. I mean, like we played out of the Boston area, and like we've been lucky enough to get you know like not to get sidetracked. You know, when I get orders for seven inches or merch or whatever from Australia, I'm like, really, people in Australia? All right. Um, but I mean, but but generally speaking, we're a local band, and local bands until you reach that kind of next plateau, which is real hard to reach, basically you're playing, like when you're playing a packed room, that room is packed with people who you know. Like it, like mm. you, you might you might know some people better than others. You might be, you might be like, oh, those are my friends and those are people I've just like had a beer with or whatever. But like, if you're a local band, even if you're doing relatively well, like you're playing to your friends. When you start playing, when you look into the audience and you're like, I don't know 18 of these people, that's, I mean, that's a great thing. And, that, and that, that's why we, it, it, it's great to get opening slots for like larger touring bands. I mean, you rattled off a bunch of the kind of bigger bands that we've played with. And it's not only fun to play with bands that we look up to and have the music of in our own record collection. It's great to play with those bands because then you aren't playing necessarily for a room full of, as much as it is, as it is fun to play for your friends. It's like, 
you know, it, it's, it's, it's different when you're playing to people who don't know you personally and just, you know, if they walk away impressed with what you do and liking the, the music you've created, like that's really special. I don't know if I answered your question. There. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> I think it's good to describe your fans. And if you want to give out any names for anybody and <laughs> show up show after show, feel free. Uh, but it tells me, and I think a listener, you know, we're listening to your music. Let's say some of some people may be listening for the first time. Um, it, it gives us an idea of, of you guys and who, you know, who who follow you and all that. I think it's very important to talk about your fans and obviously, uh, you know, pay pay attention, pay homage to them as much as you can. Uh, Daniel, so far, how has the, the journey been as a musician been for you? I mean, it's been a enormous part of my life you know and and i you know i still sort of remember being sort of 12 13 years old and sort of thinking like who 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 do i want to be you know and mm-hmm. and um you know i think that is a journey right i don't know that i am who i want to be when i grow up you know but like but but you know it, it was clear to me that you know i was gonna i was gonna have a bunch of guitars <laughs> i was gonna like you know spend you know lonely nights working on my stuff and like rewiring my pedal board and you know lugging stuff to shows and, and all of that and, and and i've i've loved every moment of it you know it's been mm, uh that's, that's it's been nice fun thought, and, yeah. you know and i i think you know that we were talking earlier about kind of the, the boston scene and, and there's this you know there's this reality that like i think you know for a lot of folks that are playing music you know a lot of our friends they are doing it because they love it. You know, they they aren't, there is no pot of gold at the end of the journey. You know, it's like, there's, you're, you're in it because you love what you do and you love the people that you're doing it with. And, and, and I think that like that purity of mission is a thing that I really appreciate about the Boston scene. You mm-hmm. know, it's like people are just doing it because they really want to. And, um, you know, there's no illusions of grandeur there. You know, it's really just, a, it's a bunch of friends. You described uh, in such poetic ways, uh, you know, being, and I'm not, I'm not going to get it totally 100% right reading it back to you or saying it back to you, but, you know, you knew kind of that you'd have these lonely nights with you and your guitar or, or rewiring your, your pedal boards or, uh, now, when it, when you look back, when it's all over and, and it won't be over for a long time for you guys, but when it is, are those kind of moments the sweet spots in the journey? You know what I mean? It's like the things that you remember fondly, those those lonely times, those times when maybe you were, God, where is our next gig going to come from? Or will anybody show up or whatever, you know, how's this new album going to be perceived? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's like a reminder that like, you know, if you play it safe, you're doing it wrong, you know? And so like, you know, some of those moments of like paralyzing fear, you know, is anybody going to show up? Is anybody going to care? Am I wasting my life? <laughs> like, like those are the, you know, if, 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 if you're not asking the, yourself those questions, like, I think you're, you're doing it wrong. And, and that's, you know, so, so, you know, I, my hope is that like the moments that I remember are, you know, those shows where everybody comes out and it's like totally worth it. And the payoff is epic and, you know, explosive. And, and the reality is that, you know, those moments are only made possible by all of the other ones that mm-hmm. sort of 
you know, really define who you are. Pick up Attention Economy uh, out on Stateline Records. The new three-track mini-EP is on Bandcamp. This is, again, I'm going to keep telling you, Bandcamp's the best way to support musicians besides buying merch or going to shows these days. Bandcamp, most of the money goes to the band. So, buy if you know, if you're going to buy an album, definitely go to Bandcamp. Is my recommendation. You can get all seven Duck and Cover releases available on Bandcamp, and you can save 35%. A great deal. Uh, this includes unlimited streaming via the free Bandcap app, plus high quality downloads of Attention Economy, Memento Mori, Two Shots, Rob Them Blind, They Came from Boston, Volume One. It's a compilation, and Stuck in Decline and Duck and Cover. Duck and uh, Duck Cover One dot Bandcamp dot com is where you can find that. We'll be right back. And once again, you are about to listen to Duck and Cover Stand Corrected. We'll be right back. Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi there, everybody. This is Ann Hitch. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Dreho. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. you need help with your restaurant or hospitality business, see how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Hey, this is Jeff Scott Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. the Jeremiah Show. We have two very special guests today uh, from the band a Duck and Cover. Chris, uh, for you, if it's, you know, if you guys could not play again after today, have you succeeded in your mind? Have you have you hit your success? Or are there, are there, are there places that you still want to go and you want a little more time at this? Where would well, that be? For, that for you... a lot more time. I mean, 
like the Daniel referenced Keith earlier. I mean, that guy is 82 now, and they're just they're about to start a European tour. Like, if, if he can go that long, I don't see why I can't. I mean, I, I, I doubt I'll be playing the crowds that big. But do you feel successful um, right now where you're at? If it had to, I mean, I, I feel I feel gratified every time those moments that Daniel alluded to happen. And, you know, it can be a packed crowd where people are singing along to a chorus of a song that you wrote. It can be a glowing review by some you know writer who i definitely don't know personally from some website in the uk and i'm like huh all right it can be uh, again uh, other stuff we've already talked about it can be when you have one of those moments where like like if i if i come up with a song idea and i you know get like the riff the lyrics the bridge and it's like you know just like i, I vomit it out in 40 minutes and then i can record it you know hurriedly on on garage band and send it out to the other guys like all of that stuff to me is a success. Um, having said that, uh, I'm not on the cover of Rolling Stone and I'm not being asked to play the Super Bowl halftime show. So, I mean, success is relative. Would you um, like to be? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just check your sweet spots. I, I, Daniel brought up a couple that I thought were really, I hadn't heard before and, and uh, stuck out. What are your sweet spots in this music journey you're on uh, with the band Duck and Cover? Well, I alluded to a big one just now, which is like, like, I love, like, I like songwriting. I'm by no means as prolific as a lot of people out there, you know, famous and, and not famous. I wish I was. Um, but when it happens, when it, when it's, you know, some Sunday afternoon and I'm doing nothing, you know, watching the Celtics and playing guitar and listening to music and I'm like, wait, and, you know, and 10 minutes later I have a sketch and I get like super excited. And I, like I said, send it out to the other guys and, you know, they actually have lives, they're doing stuff and they maybe they don't respond for a while. I'm like, respond. I just sang the best song ever. And she'll respond and be like, I don't know. It sounds like you recorded in the, it you recorded in the kitchen. I'm like, I did the kitchen. That's where I recorded it. They're like, well, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, I love that. I love, um, like it, it's not about, uh, you know, getting the metaphorical pat on the head. It is really cool when someone who isn't your friend or your ex-girlfriend or whatever listens to your EP or your single, and either plays it on the radio or writes about it in a, in a positive fashion or, you know, we, we've going back to being asked to open for bands that we, you know, idolize, you know, it's great when, you know, the lead singer of one of my favorite bands, you know, of all time sends an email being like, Hey, we're playing Boston. You guys want to open for us? It's like, yeah, yeah, I do. And like, that's the best email I've gotten this week. Thank you. Or like, shoots you a note on your birthday. Oh yeah, exactly. Or, or on Facebook is like, Post a picture of me and him, and it's like "Happy Birthday, Chris Brad." I'm like, "Look, look at me and him." Who is this? Uh, I'm, I'm Daniel was referring to uh, the lead singer for the Swing and Others, which was uh, a, a name that that Richard didn't doc, love earlier. Doctor Beast ever do bad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys have a favorite song you like to play as a band on stage that always Ooh. just is like a crowd favorite, but also your favorite personally? Even if the crowd doesn't like it, is there is there a song that you like to play together? I really like two shots. I'm actually curious I, what Daniel's answer is going to be to this. Yeah, I mean, two shots for me has like there, there, there's two things about it that that are really exciting. One is just the pace of it, and it is like very, it's just a, it's a high energy song which mm -hmm. I like. But then, but then it also has this kind of like, you know, wet, drippy, like delay laden solo where I can kind of be weird in the middle, and so that is a thing that I covet. In fact, uh, Daniel, I know exactly what you're talking about. And when I, in the last break, 
I got six songs and I needed seven, so uh, my, our mistake on this end. But I so I cut up two, two shot twice because I loved what probably what you love about playing about the song, the, just the energy of it. And I uh, when we get, went to break in the last break, uh, I can't. I I started with that that fun guitar riff you're talking about. So that's that's interesting. How about you? How about you, Chris? Is there a song you like? And were you surprised by yeah. Daniel's answer? Um. Not, not necessarily surprised. Uh, Daniel, as he has said a couple of times, like he loves the atmospheric stuff. He like when he references pedal board, like understand that when I first started playing with him 800 years ago, like neither was, we, we had tuners. This pedal board is now like the size of my like kitchen cabinet. And yeah, it's like eight different fuzz pedals and, you know, two delays. And so of course he likes the, the middle part of that song. I get that for me. I tend to uh, like, I get, overly excited about the newest thing we've done so like like currently my favorite song is one that we haven't even recorded yet it's one that we're working on and i love it because it's like everybody's like you know really getting into it and we're like i love the creative process of getting the whole kind of team on board and just firing on all eight cylinders or at least six um so that's probably my favorite right now but the, the two on the ep that are originals um I like the, uh, I like them both for the same reason I liked uh, when I was explaining Stand Corrected. It's like very very collaborative. Like for, for I can I can hear e like everybody's fingerprints on very various parts of both Momentum Ori and Attention Economy. It's like I know the sketch that I put together for both of those songs. Like like I had an idea where I was like, hey, here's a song, and the the end result, the one that, that you guys have, the the you know the recording mm -hmm. that you've heard they're they're wildly different because it's like uh, like i hear it i'm like all right damien had us do that no daniel added that bridge and you know like I, that's my favorite part of it like you know i, I don't want to just sit in my living room and you know write solo chris Wismuller acoustic songs like i love having the back and forth and the just the the input and the arguments and the you know and and so i like the new stuff because i always like the new stuff well, I love the titles. You got so many great titles. And by the by, the way, uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times. Memento Mori. That we're we're playing the entire song uh, as a single uh, drop here at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. Um, right. But attention economy. What a great title. What does it mean? I, I like honestly, I didn't know that it meant anything. Uh, it, I, but I'm, I'm sure I must have heard the phrase. I've, I've come to learn that it means, I think Daniel knows what it means and I don't. It, it means like just sort of the fact that there's so much, you know, whether it's like streaming video, streaming audio, like it's just like there's so much stuff that like in a commerce sense, apparently these days people talk about the attention economy, meaning like, you know, if you can actually get a listener's or, you know, a viewer's attention for a minute that now has a value that it didn't have 10 years ago or 20 mm -hmm. years ago, because it's just so hard to get them distracted from like everything that they're swimming through and just be like, no, no, pay attention to me. Even if only for 10 seconds, apparently that's what attention economy means. I just, I was humming along with the melody I came up with and I was like, blah, blah, attention economy. I'm like, all right, like that sounded clever. Mm -hmm. I, I don't great. know if it is. It's great. It's very clever. And it's a great song. And what Daniel? I said it turns out to be very clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Dr. Deese letting me know we've got four minutes left of the show, and I and I feel like, you know, kind of laying down on the floor and kicking my feet and protesting like a little baby because I don't want to let these guys go, Dr. D. We just got them here. But 
I will. I know you've got a live show behind this, so we'll. Uh, I'll try to speed up my questions here. Can you guys do me a favor? In one sentence, each one of you describe music to me or to someone who could never hear it. How would you describe it to someone? The way you hear it. You go, Daniel. <laughs> I was wondering who's going to kick that one off. No, that's a good. That's a. That's a. That's an insane question. Um, so, of all the art forms, I feel like music is the most unique in the sense that it is completely and utterly abstract. There's there's nothing to see. And there's nothing to taste. There's not. There's nothing tangible about it. It exists like literally in the air, you know, and, and I think, um, I don't know that that's going to help someone understand what it is, but it is this like, like really powerful thing that like gets into your body and changes the way you think about life and think about yourself and think about the world. And, and it's Wait. like and wildly yeah, bizarre. Sorry. And even I was just thinking, even if you can't hear it, if you're deaf and you can't hear it, you can still hear the feel the vibrations. So what I mean, it. it actually surpasses just normal hearing, right? Music still keeps going; it crosses that line. Chris, do you do you, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, I can't be as profound as Dan. Well, I, I think he, yeah, he danced very great. I mean, you know, you're talking about like how would I describe to someone who can't hear. I would say that I don't feel badly for you that you're missing out on conversations. I feel badly for you that you can't hear music. Mm -hmm. Like I think like like, if if you're, if you're deaf and like feeling bad about it and rightly so the the reason to really feel badly about it is not being able to hear music. Yeah. Well, I I think that's one of the one blessing we can all add to our list that, that, that can hear the music is that we, that we have that that gift to us uh, and you guys are definitely a gift to us and your music uh, uh, just love it love playing it all this show finish this sentence to for me chris so you want to be a rock and roll star don't do it <laughs> okay i do have to wrap it i'm going to let you we're going to go out with uh, this i want you to tell us about the tribute to your friend uh the, that you're playing here uh, coming up oh, uh, May. Our, our buddy chris dimwit uh of, of formerly the drummer of the dimwits he passed away prematurely and unfortunately during lockdown which meant that we couldn't really get together for memorial we couldn't really get together even for a service um he's we, we were talking about the boston scene he was a, a lynch fan in the boston scene he he started a label he always put on shows he was in a bunch of bands i was in a band with them uh, we're finally able to now that things are opening up a bit play and so a bunch of his favorite bands and bands that he loves taking the piss out of are all getting together uh may 21st at the midway cafe in jamaica plain boston and it's going to be like an all-afternoon affair it's going to be messy and funny which was him in a nutshell and we miss him and we love him great well check that out if you're in that area get to it and and guys will you come back on and remind the listeners about that so that anybody in the area can come check it out um maybe a week or so before all right we 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 must let you go unfortunately we waited so long to get you here um hopefully you'll come back and it's been a great time getting to know you guys daniel and chris of duck and cover here it is you've waited all show long memento maury we'll be uh we'll be back next week communicate Listen more and evolve. Have a great week, everyone.
Davidi and Maz Chobrani, and you are listening to the Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm a good man. This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, the Jeremiah Show. I love you. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.